Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadclaw Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Jemima of Tied with a Ribbon. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jemima? Well, thank you both for having me today. It's uh, really exciting to get to chat to you both. Uh, my name is Jemima Flint, and I'm most people would know me as Tied with a Ribbon. And I'm a quilt pattern designer, and most recently uh, added crochet to that. I am an author, I am a teacher, and a fabric designer based here in Perth. And absolutely, teaching quilting is my absolute passion. And for those who might not recognize her, it's Wendy's hometown in Australia. Yay! That's right. <laughs> On the West Coast of Australia, I always have to explain it to everyone when they ask, where is Perth? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Recently, I was, I was called recently Extra International. <laughs> Really? Extra yeah. international? Apparently being on the West Coast makes you extra international. I mean, I guess because we are the most isolated city in the, the country. Mm -hmm. Or actually one of the most isolated cities in the world. So I guess yeah. in some sense maybe we're our own country. I mean, there have been a couple of – this is like a very like political Australian thing, but, you know, there have been discussions of like do we – sort of separate from the rest of the country being Western <laughs> Australia. But anyway, we won't go any that further there. Mm -hmm. um, so to kick things off, are you able to tell us the story behind your business tied with a ribbon? Yes. Uh, well, many years ago when I was starting to look at putting together a business, it was something I had sort of been dabbling with on the side and I was trying to come up with a name that really sort of would showcase how I felt about quilting and sewing and all that and um, definitely sort of spent a lot of time brainstorming. But Tied with a Ribbon came from the fact that I had through many, many years just collected ribbon and beautiful um, woven ribbons. So not only did I have a collection of that but I also liked the um, ode to when you wrap up a present and you put that bow on that present and you gift it, that final detail, it's just that eye for attention to every part and every detail. And whilst it might only just be the actual end part of that gift that you're giving, it was about paying attention to all the details along the way. So, And that was really what I wanted a lot of my quilting and all my pattern writing and all that to really be about the detail. Now, before you even started thinking about the business tied with a ribbon, you were a home ec teacher. Can you tell us kind of how your journey into quilting and how did your career as a school teacher evolve to where you are now? Well, originally I was actually a primary school teacher and left uh, that vowing never to go back to teaching. And I one day in my new career um, working um, at Telstra, which is our big telephone company here in Australia, I um, met uh, a colleague who had suggested to me one day, how come I'd never gone into home ec teaching? And um, I said, 
because you're the first person to have mentioned it. I've never considered it ever. So I found myself headed back to uni to get a major in home ec. And then I went um, into home ec teaching and it was just, I absolutely loved home ec teaching. It was just like I'd found a whole new direction for teaching because I'd had a lot of um, I'd already been quilting myself um, from an earlier age, so I'd already kind of had a lot of that interest in in sewing and I loved cooking, I loved baking. So home ec teaching was really just a big natural fit um, for me and I really um, enjoyed it. I taught mostly the hospitality um, and tourism, so our year 11 and 12 students, so getting them into um, cert courses for TAFE. But one day I was made to teach the uh, Year 9 textiles class and after trying to get every other teacher to take that subject from me because I didn't, I, at that stage I hadn't actually ventured back into teaching textiles. And at that point, upon having to, to teach that Year 9 class, it was um, it was I realised then that I had actually been such a big quilter before uh, and it was just really that was the, then, then the beginning of getting back into quilting. I enrolled myself and my mum into a course um, so that we could both go and do it and then really from then, even though I'd been quilting previously, it was really that kickoff again of um, what would then become what I'm doing now. So um, going back to the home ec classes that you taught, mm-hmm. um, did you teach quilting in them? I did, yeah. We had, I loved um, our Year 10 students. We, um, it wasn't quilting as in big quilts. We were quilting smaller items like notebook covers and or, and just that whole element of quilting so they would be patchworking their squares together. And so a lot of the techniques I taught them um, and they would bind their note covers and so they, the techniques were there. Um, we just weren't necessarily doing quilts per se, just on a size basis and, and interest too because these um, students were loving making smaller items that they were then using themselves as. So what inspired you to strike out on your own? I had been on the side. I'd been dabbling in writing patterns. I had also, as my children um, were still in primary school and my husband was working away a lot, um, my hours at school needed to de- decrease because I was needing to be home a bit more with them to get to assemblies and take them to all their after-school events. So as my school time started to decrease, I started to, on the side, still just wanted to write patterns and um, still teach. So I actually just sort of did that on the side, writing patterns and then taking them to um, a Perth Up Market at the time and actually um, teaching classes on a weeknight Um, basis as well so teaching quilting and bag making and all that sort of thing as well and then eventually I kind of came to this point where that I needed to make a decision as to whether I was going to go back to full-time teaching and really just give that you know my all or whether or not I was actually going to go sort of all in on Tide with a Ribbon. So um Moving along, so we see that in March 2023, uh, you have a new book coming out and it's called Quilt It, Crochet It. Could you Mm -hmm. tell our listeners about what to expect in the upcoming book? Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, This is actually my third book and this is the first time that I've tackled crochet uh, within one of my book titles. So it is very much the fusion of crochet and quilting. Uh, The idea had come off the back of one of the other projects that I had 
done in my pattern range, which was my Aurora quilt, which got turned into my Merriweather crochet blanket. So being able to turn a quilt into a crochet design and that's actually the premise for uh, Quilted Crochet It, uh, which every um, pattern in the book is done not only as a quilt but it's also replicated identically as a crochet pattern as well. And had you have you been crocheting forever or is this a recent um, undertaking? It's interesting when I look back because crochet was actually the first thing that I was taught. Like I, I learned to crochet when I was about six or seven from my nan and basically nana just used to give me all her scraps of, of wool and I would just make big uh, granny square quilts and at the time they actually used to get auctioned off to a women's charity because I just kept making these crochet rugs because I just kept going round and round and then as soon as they got big enough my nan would send them off to be auctioned off uh, for charity and it's it's nice that that it's come full circle for me you know I, I didn't realize that crochet would be any part of my business element you know 18 months ago two years ago crochet wasn't part of it um but it's it's nice that I also have that connection through my family um with, with with my craft. Do you find that um, when you're quilting or you're crocheting, do the, the two different crafts kind of satisfy different parts of your creative um, process? I found that I used to obviously sew and quilt all day and then I came to a couple of years ago this point where at night time I just wasn't able to sit down and do any more sewing. It was just my bandwidth for it had just been done for the day and that's kind of when I a few years ago picked up crochet again because I would sit down at night time and I would crochet for that relaxing element for that wind down from having sewn all day so it was definitely um about you know and I, I didn't realize at the time how you sort of realize both crafts uh, are very similar in that regard you know they both provide that relaxing element that you know that downtime that you that you're looking for can you crochet without looking <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> yes, yes, I can because it becomes uh, muscle memory and I actually like crocheting on planes because it's really dark often on planes but I can still crochet with, you know, very little light as long as it's not a particular pattern where you're really needing to pay attention to, to placement. But really simple, you know, crochet is very easy to do without looking. I'm so excited for your upcoming book because I think that's what's going to try and convert me to try or dabble in crochet because r- lately I don't know why I've been, been serving up like a lot of things on my feed of people like sort of taking elements of quilting into crocheting and that looks really cool I've got half a project done Wendy if you want to finish it for me um <laughs> I gotta, are we gonna turn this into <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a traveling oh granny square blanket <laughs> I was about square. to say <laughs> I love the idea I just lost up and I down lost Manhattan. steam I lost steam mm-hmm. yeah exactly it'll take the one train <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, crochet is such a portable craft, you know. Yeah. You can literally take it to the sit, waiting at the doctor's surgery. You can take it on the train. You can take it, um, you know, when you're traveling away. It's so portable. You don't, you know, as compared with quilting, you don't need a machine. You don't need it's, you know, you just need a hook and some yarn and you can really, um, you know, just continue to just spend your time, yeah, 
doing it. I had I had a little bit of trouble keeping my my tension was always a little bit wonky. Um, for <laughs> quilters who pick up your book and decide they want to try uh, the crochet uh, bit, what would be your best recommendation for someone trying it for the first time? Start simple. Uh, don't necessarily pick you know a big project. I think. Always just start with a few little granny squares that aren't necessarily going to be turned into anything. I think that just that whole element of grab a hook, grab some yarn and actually just practice that tension, practice those few beginner stitches so that you can get them, you know, get your tension really nice. Uh, You can make sure you've got your count correct in your, you know, simple granny squares. But, you know, don't worry too much about having to turn a ball of yarn into a project already. Just just start with a couple of squares that you know you're probably going to pull all apart um, or frog as we call them in um, crochet and just, you know, just just start by practising and it'd be okay with them not being perfect and them not, you know, necessarily all being the correct count or anything like that. So in addition to your new book that's coming out in March, you're also kicking off a step-by-step online beginner's quilting course in early February. Um, Are you able to tell us more about what that is all about and what inspired the course? New Quilt on the Block is my beginner's online step-by-step quilting course. And last year I very much set about wanting to own my credibility within being a teacher and also reaching a wider audience and knowing that I needed to do that in the online space. So I set about um, very intentionally writing and designing a course for beginners because that's really been my sweet spot within the quilting industry. It's, I love it. I think it goes back to my teaching background. I love seeing people start their their journey in quilting and I really wanted to be able to put a course together that actually showed beginner quilters what they needed to learn and take away a lot of that fear and that overwhelm with not knowing where to start, not knowing what equipment they necessarily need or also having seen beautiful quilts on Pinterest and maybe having had a go and it not going going to plan. So the course was built really to focus on what skills that they actually need, not teaching them everything under the sun um, at this stage, but teaching them specific skills that would really set them up with a really good solid foundation so that they would enjoy their quilting and so that it would really spur them on to want to pick up their next pattern, pick up their next design so that they felt confident. And when you're, you know, when you're designing something like this course or your patterns for beginners, how do you put yourself in their shoes to understand, you know, what would be their questions? What would be their frustrations? Because you've quilted for quite a while. Mm -hmm. I think because I do a lot of teaching, I teach um, a lot of workshops. Uh, I teach not only my patterns, but I teach, um, you know, I've taught others before uh, other patterns as well so I think I've been in that classroom space where I actually see firsthand those frustrations or what things aren't actually going well for people when they're starting out so it's easy for me to sort of see look you know 
let's have a look at your machine. Is your machine set up correctly? You know, do you actually have it ready for quilting as compared to sewing? You know, let's have a look at your equipment. Um, And those are the sorts of things that often people will put together free content or they'll put together, you know, every bits and pieces that they've seen on YouTube and then when they come to class and I, you know, will demonstrate how to hold something correctly or the way that the actual um, tool is used, that often can just be that little game changer for people. So I think just through my background experience and seeing firsthand what actually is happening with a beginner quilter and where they're, where they're starting out. And then reflecting on the process from writing to producing and launching the online course, what surprised you the most and is there anything that you would change? I definitely have found that sort of working the back end and um, learning how myself to um, build an online course, so that's been very uh, interesting. Also in terms of obviously a lot of my audience already are quilters, so for me it's been having to build that new audience of people who haven't necessarily made a quilt or they're thinking about quilting. So um, a lot of my audience already, you know, they've made a quilt or they've made several quilts or they're, you know, 50 quilts deep into what they've done. So definitely having those new connections with with people and and chatting to them about, you know, what they would, you know, what are they sort of expecting out of a course and definitely having done, you know, doing the research, which is something that I spent a lot of last year, you know, making sure that I really understood what it was that they wanted. Now, are you teaching this course, is it live or is it pre-recorded videos? It's a six-week pre-recorded uh, course. So each uh, week there's not only um, videos, uh, which are very bite-sized as well. One of the big focuses that I wanted to do within the course was to have people making instead of spending hours and hours, again, just watching more content and consuming that um, before they got into actually making because a lot of people when they're starting out quilting you know we're busy people we've got you know families and lives and jobs and all those things that quilting can't really become necessary we can't spend all the time in the world you know learning how to do it so taking that time that we do have and really making that an effective use of um, your time so that you enjoy the hobby and so that you can very quickly get started and actually start to see that progress so um yeah, there's, there's workbooks uh, which give all the detailed information as well because some people like to read it rather than watch it. Uh, and then also uh, that backup as well of being able to watch it and see it. And then because they're pre-recorded, you can go back in and watch it as many times as you need to. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you're based in Perth, Australia. Um, so <laughs> what's the quilting scene like over there and how does it compare with the rest of the country? Um, we've got a couple of guilds over here in WA. Obviously, it's a little bit smaller here than on the uh, east coast of Australia, um, but it's definitely uh, growing and people over here are really um, excited and it's always so much fun going along to uh, the Perth Modern Quilt Guild, which is one that I go uh, along to, um, but also to the um, West Australian Quilters Association uh, equally. They've had me along for workshops um, as well, so I've talked to, to those uh, groups of uh, quilters as well. So definitely it's it's always growing and there's a lot of lot of younger people sort of coming through as well, which is really always so great to see that we've got um, people interested and um, wanting to to learn how to quilt or how to actually get started. So 
So as a fellow Perthian, uh, we always love to bring out that fun fact that I mentioned earlier that, you know, the city being one of the most isolated cities in the world. Um, so how do you manage to stay relevant and in touch with the American porting scene from afar? I definitely have had to be very proactive in that. Um, my social media definitely makes up a big portion of what I do here at Tide with a Ribbon and not only through, you know, Instagram and reels and all those sorts of things. Um, because I've previously travelled to the US and uh, at trade fairs and I've been over for filming and all those sorts of things, I'm very, very proactive in keeping those connections with those um, people or companies and, and people because obviously we haven't been able to travel through the pandemic. So I really had to make that something that I'm very much um, in front of people's eyes and making sure that, you know, like I make those connections, you know, with distributors and also, you know, with people that, are, you know, are not only would I love to work with but um, within quilting groups and all that sort of thing. So always uh, up for a DM and uh, chatting on, on Instagram and definitely sort of always um, wanting, you know, putting my hand up to be involved and that's definitely made a difference to instead of necessarily waiting for someone to come and, you know, op open the door for you, you know, really, you know, knocking on the door and introducing yourself has definitely been something that I've needed to needed to do and, and that, that didn't obviously come naturally at the beginning. But, um, yeah, just, you know, wanting to continue to grow that aspect within the U.S. community, um, not only for my work but also within Australia and internationally because it um, definitely is a big part of my business. Any future travel plans to come to the States? I'm hoping to get back next year. Um, definitely keen to um, – I've, talk, I've talked to, um, you know, QuiltCon is one of my absolute dream goals to be able to – I've not been to QuiltCon yet and that's definitely something I am so keen uh, about. Um, I know that this year that the trade fair um, – for spring market isn't on but hopefully that'll be back soon and there'll be the you know the opportunities to start traveling um, back to the US I was able to travel to New Zealand in October last year and I was over there teaching for five days so that was really amazing to sort of kickstart that traveling um, again so hopefully that'll yeah continue into this year and uh, into next and in the meantime, it sounds like you've got a pretty busy uh, 2023 with the new course coming up um, well, that's already started, uh, your new book coming out, and you're also teaching at the Australian Quilt Show in April. Uh, do you have any other fun things on the 2023 horizon that you can share with our listeners? I'm so excited about this year. It's just, I, 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 it's all I the just pandemic honestly, energy. oh, it is. It's just like oh, I just wake up and I'm just I cannot wait. And I um, for this year because there's some you know great things that are, are coming out. You know, obviously with my book and and uh, new quilt on the block, but also getting to travel again, getting to teach Australia uh, Quilt Convention um, is happening in April, which I'm so excited about getting back to Melbourne. But uh, there are also, I've got another um, four interstate uh, teaching uh, trips coming up this year. Um, can't um, say yet where they are, but they also, um, not only am I teaching at some of those events, but I'm also uh, the keynote speaker uh, for a couple of those events, which is so exciting to be able to 
get back and um, teach in front of audiences and for some of these they'll be definitely the biggest audiences uh, that I've talked to or spoken to. And so that's really exciting. I'm so looking forward to travelling again and uh, teaching. And then along the way there's lots of other little collabs that are in the works and that are happening, which I'm very excited about. And I also, one of my favourite magazines that I do work work for, I've got um, a quilt that I designed and whilst I designed it a long time ago it's kind of finally getting going to have its day in the sun so um, I'm just really looking forward to also releasing particular patterns so one you know back adding more to my regular um, quilting range as well so I've got um, my heat wave quilt pattern which will be out in March and yeah look it's going to be a, a jam-packed year I just I can't wait feel it already (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to track your all your travels (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh I just you know it's having been you know in Perth with the borders have been you know closed down to us being able to sort of do that so it's really good to be able to get back out and definitely having gone to New Zealand last year really just it was so inspiring not only to be back in the classroom but also the people and the colleagues and you know, the quilty people that you meet along the way just absolutely gets you so excited about what you do. So on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Jemima? I am. Let's go. Wendy, why don't you kick us off? (laughs) All right. So what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Early morning. And where do you sew? In my studio. You have a gorgeous studio. Sorry. Can we just take a moment yeah, to yeah, say yeah. how much studio envy I have? <laughs> yeah, I do really love that wall hanging that you have by um, Annabelle Wrigley. Yeah. That's her name, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I had I commissioned yeah. her um, when I – because I've been such a big fan of her work and I commissioned her to um, do a piece for me so that I'd have something. I really just wanted some beautiful quilting artwork in my, my sewing studio. I'm just jealous of your natural light. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> those, win- those windows. Yeah. You and your, as your, as your I look at my dungeon. scaffolding, <laughs> my husband is not very excited about the theatre that he lost in the. Uh... Uh, <laughs> for for a good cause, so, one less theatre, one more studio. And do you wear shoes while sewing? I absolutely wear shoes. Socks or and like socks. slippers or yeah. like sneakers? <laughs> uh, usually like cons or vans or, you know, so oh, yeah, socks. Yeah. I socks I, as well. The idea of barefoot sewing with the number of pins I find on the oh, floor. Oh, come on. They're no, everywhere. It's a no-go for me. That's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. Come on. <laughs> You feel the pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Your butt's probably so gross. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, think about I that. Must I must admit. <laughs> I think it gets worse when I do like spray basting on the floor. Like, oh, it gets pretty. Jeez, spray basting. I know, TMI, no TMI, guys. Sorry. <laughs> TMI. I don't know that we can be friends. Yeah. <laughs> I have some concerns, well, Wendy. <laughs> So uh, I guess Amanda's going to be your BF quality yeah. You can both be. <laughs> you both are living my dream Aww. life in New York City. I can't, you know, I'm Anytime. no more Come jealous visit. of you two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. um, oh, your music, turn, Amanda. Uh, music, yeah. Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while sewing? Music. 
And do you have a current favourite? I love listening to One Republic. And if you allow snacking in the sewing room, what's your favourite snack while quilting? M&M's all the way. Favourite quilt pattern from Quilt It, Crochet It? Vivian's heart quilt. Favourite traditional block? Half square triangles. Uh, Favourite crochet stitch? Puff stitch. And what's your favourite crochet hook and size? A clover, a more, and 5.5 would be my favourite size. Um, Solids or print fabrics? Oh, split down the middle. And what is the last fabric you bought? The Anna Maria Horner Fluent Backing. And what's your favourite quilt shop? Here in Perth would be Calico and Ivy. And what sewing notion couldn't you live without? A binding baby. What is a binding? Um, oh, is that the little doll? Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, you oh, you need one. <laughs> I know. Wendy, you can get it for me for the holidays next year. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Thanks, Jemima. You know what, Wendy? We should commission it. But then it's really easy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should get one that looks like me and one that looks like you and then trade them. Oh, my God. That would be so, so cute. watch each other while binding. Yeah. I'm sure Sharon Jemima, would do we'll that send too. you both She's of ours. <laughs> Excellent. I've got a collection, so I would love nothing more Oh, my God. You're than... a collection? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Well, okay. you always have more than one binding ready, True. right? Oh, you're very organized. Uh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really funny. I've been saving all my Aurifel spools so then mm-hmm. I can prep all the binding. Um, but uh, never get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> never get around to prepping um, binding. I know. I know. I have this like whole pile in my uh, my my wardrobe, my fabric wardrobe, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Closet. Yeah, fabric stash. Yeah, closet. <laughs> um, and it's all of, I've been saving, um, you know, like when you square up your quilt and you have mm-hmm. all that extra backing fabric, yep. that's like perfect for binding because yeah. it's so long already and you just got to cut it in strips and then press it. So you just have Do stacks that, of... So. <laughs> Yeah, I have a stack of it. <laughs> well, you definitely need a binding baby because it will definitely get you inspired to yeah. uh, get those bindings ready to go. Uh, that's been happening for like two years. <laughs> 2023 resolution, Wendy. That's it. Yeah, no. Uh, just get me the binding baby and then we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, all right. So um, – Pick one. Just so happy. Quilting is my superpower. Or notions multi-pack woven labels. Just so happy. And pressing preference. Whichever works better for the pattern. And do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Uh, yes, the quilting cottage. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? Teaching it. And what's your least favorite part of the quilting process? Basting. And what? Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Always trying to have it perfect. How many quilts are in your work in progress pile right now? One. And where do you store your singular <laughs> whip? 
It's currently on the couch because it has to be done within the next few weeks. I didn't weeks. mean to sound so judgy. I'm just jealous. Actually, you know what? I, actually, you know what? So, um, actually, so how many crochet projects are in your work this fall, actually? None. None. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was expecting like a few because Amanda mentioned that like it took her forever to finish hers. That's just because Amanda has the attention of a goldfish. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not very good with, because I write so many things and you would not, you know, you guys know when you've got so many different projects, I can't, by the time I get to my third whip, it's, it's panic stations. I'm like, I just can't cope with it. Um, I have to finish and I just set myself those, those, right. There's nothing new to be started until I've, I've knocked off X, Y, Z. So I I definitely don't want to, you wouldn't want to come to Amanda and my apartment at all. Like it would just give you anxiety. (laughs) I love seeing everyone else's whips. It's just, I personally, uh, struggle with, with having more than a few on the go so <laughs> and who's your quilty crush my quilty crush oh chula pink and do you have any other interests i'm actually a um keen i wouldn't say great at it uh crossfitter actually love crossfit love getting to the gym every morning Now, before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple, actually, no, we've just got one more question for you, which is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? I absolutely love seeing Lindsay from Pen and Paper um, Patterns. I love just her, her aesthetic and how she designs her quilts. I love the novelty um, element that she brings into her quilts. Um, Nicole from Modern Handcraft. um, I if her her designs again just have that really sleek modern uh, look to them and I'm so envious of her photography skills and she's got the cutest little new puppy as well and a bunny they're really cute <laughs> and definitely someone else that uh, you need to check out is Daphne of Octopus and she's from Belgium she is absolutely um, makes the most beautiful little purses uh, and also is an amazing quilter who uh, her designs and um, her work is, is really amazing. Her eye for colour. So on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the dot weekend quilter. And Jemima at Tied with a Ribbon. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. And later. <laughs> Can't you hear the fire truck? It's fine. Yeah, but then the music's going. Uh, (laughs) 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 (laughs
Hey, you get a little concert today. I we know. never do concerts. You got it. Nobody's gotten a concert yet. Yeah, yeah. You're the new. first. New York's famous for concerts too. I know, just live. You know, we keep it jazzy here. Yeah.